One, Forever Alone, is an ongoing story-based podcast and is a work of fiction, created by J.A. Larocque. You can find this podcast on Himalaya, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else podcasts are found. Chapter 12 Losing My Religion After my father's funeral, my mother asked me to bring her to church. Ashley and Aunt Jackie remained behind to meet us later for dinner. Arriving at the church, I did not want to come inside, but for my mother's sake, I walked with her into the auditorium and sat looking up at the pulpit. I could not understand what sitting here staring up towards the choir seats could possibly do for her. My mother just sat there, holding one of the hymn books, periodically closing her eyes and whispering a prayer. The pastor of the church walked up to my mother and the two began talking. He looked over to me as if he did not recognize who I was. It did not matter to me. His words to my mother were just as hollow as the words he spoke standing on stage every week. If it was up to me, I would have made him leave, but whatever he said seemed to comfort my mother, or maybe she was just being polite as she always was. My mother closed her eyes and bowed her head with the pastor. I did not want to be part of that. None of our prayers were answered, and there was nothing prayer could do for us now. I stood and walked over to the steps leading up to the pulpit. Watching them, my thoughts turned to my father's funeral. I could not remember much of it. It was like a dream quickly fading from my mind once awakened. I did remember standing there, looking towards his coffin, then a sea of black shadows, faces I could not see and voices I did not recognize. Everyone had a well-rehearsed statement to deliver to us. These people were fulfilling their obligation to pay their last respects to someone they knew nothing about, only to disappear after that, never to be seen again. I felt agitated watching my mother holding hands with the pastor as they finished their prayer. All I wanted to do was leave this place. As he walked away, I stepped forward, hoping my mother was ready to go. But she just sat there, holding on to that hymn book, staring at the floor. Mom, we should go. Aunt Jackie's waiting on us. She raised her head but didn't look at me. Acknowledging my presence, but not hearing my words. Mom! I called to her slightly louder. She closed her eyes and put her hands together, then slowly reopened her eyes. She looked to be thinking deeply about something. Slowly she raised her head and looked at me. I could see the devastation in her eyes. Timothy. When was the last time you were here? She asked. I didn't want to talk about church. I turned away from her frustrated and walked back towards the pulpit. I knew she was thinking about how we all came here as a family, reminiscing on the time we all had together. I threw my hands in the air. 
I realized the best thing to do was to walk down the road she was trying to guide me to. A while. What does it matter? Your father missed having you come to church with us. We all missed having you. I knew there were reasons, some better than others, as to why you didn't attend much. But what was it that made you stop going altogether? She did know about how I felt. The older I got, the more willing I was to let them know exactly how I felt. I just couldn't keep coming here any longer, Mom, pretending. How could I sit here and listen to something I didn't believe? I often wondered which was better, to just be honest with oneself and accept the decisions you make, or to live in ignorance and false bliss. Maybe in the past I tried to deny what I knew was the truth for the sake of mine or someone else's feelings. But soon I realized it just wasn't worth it. What caused you to stop believing, Timothy? Was it Jonathan? No! Jonathan had nothing to do with it. I discovered on my own long before I found out the real reason Jonathan never came to church with us. It was true in a sense. I did end up returning to church when I was 15, and by then Jonathan had told me everything about his parents' beliefs and that he agreed with them. I went back because I thought there was something there I missed, but did not fully understand. With the starting of high school and feeling myself being drawn further and further away from people, they presented a sense of belonging. But my initial thoughts and feelings were correct. It was nothing more than an illusion. Then, what was it, Timothy? Something must have happened to cause you to turn away from your faith. My faith? What exactly should I have faith in? A God who claims that he is our father but looks down on us and judges us? Oh wait, I forgot. He loves every single one of us. We're his children. So tell me this, Mom. If you could save your children from suffering and death, wouldn't you? It was more than just that. Much more. My mother could see that as well. Her hands held onto the hymn book tightly, as if it was giving her strength. You know God has a plan for everyone. Neither the plan nor the reason is always clear. The gift of life cannot be given without death being attached. Something long before your father's death caused you to no longer believe in his plan. His plan? So it was God's plan for dad to be killed by a drunk driver. To cause our family to suffer. That doesn't sound like a plan to me. It sounds like the shit life feeds us sometimes. Don't you get it? There is no God. There's just us. We have to take care of each other and do whatever we can to survive. Yes, I figured that out a long time ago and it rings true, especially now. I could not understand why my mother was discussing all that with me right now, right after the funeral. All I could assume was that she needed to 
to be in her church, holding on to her faith even though it had failed her. What did she want me to understand? Did she think her words, even on that day, would have changed anything? With all that I said, she just looked at me, somber, taking it all in. I've heard Jonathan say similar. This isn't about him. While I knew I was getting upset, I did not realize how much so until that moment. My hands hurt. I looked down and noticed I had balled my hands into a fist so tight that my nails dug into my skin, causing it to bleed. I closed my eyes trying to calm myself. I took a deep breath and sat down on the steps leading up to the stage. My mother, even on the day we buried my father, her husband, was still worried about my well-being, my feelings. She knew what had happened between Jonathan and I. Even in grief and all the pain she was in, she was willing to listen. Once again, my mother was right. Jonathan had said similar when his mother died of a heart attack at age 46. The doctors gave an explanation, but it was one of the nurses who set him off. I was there when she told him that his mother was in heaven and that it was God's plan to call her home. The look on his face. I thought he would kill her where she stood. Where my mother was wrong was that any of my feelings about religion were brought on by my relationship with Jonathan. She knew how his parents felt long before I did. I didn't have to talk to Jonathan to realize the truth, Mom. You both knew how he felt, and that's why he never came to church with us. I remember Dad saying he would tell me one day, but he didn't. Jonathan told me himself. I can understand that telling an eight-year-old that stuff would confuse me. But you could have told me when I was older. You could have told me the truth, but you didn't. What were you afraid of? Or did it just slip your mind? She didn't have anything to say, but I was not finished. Perhaps it was the wrong time to tell her the truth, but as I said, I did not believe in keeping it in any longer. I stood and looked out over the auditorium. There was one last piece to the story, and I wanted my mother to know it. You want to know what did it? It wasn't the word of God, but the actions of those who call themselves his children. Those who claim they serve him. They drive up here in their luxury cars and gossip outside about how smart their child is or who slept with whom. Then they walk in here and drop a few dollars in the collection plate, sing a hymn, and they believe all their sins are just washed away. I heard what these people do during the week. If God is all-knowing, all-seeing, and all-powerful as they claim, do they really think he doesn't know how full of shit they are? You guys brought me here to share in the love of God. And for a time, I felt it. When I stopped coming every week, I gave you tons of excuses. But really, what I was trying to do is find out why I was going to church in the first place. 
You had your reasons, but I didn't have mine. When I came back, I thought I had a reason, a real purpose. I wanted to spread the word of God and learn as much as I could. I did everything I could to show that I wanted to help others. And when the chance came for me to go overseas with the youth group to do missionary work, they denied me. They gave me a story about not being ready, but I found out the truth. The youth organizer worked for a company that was a rival of dad's. It was not about spreading the word of God. It was about petty competition and jealousy. I confronted the youth leader and he told me that I wouldn't fit in with their group. I told him, I thought God accepted everyone. He told me that God does, but that he didn't. I walked out and I swore I would never come back. I told Jonathan about what happened and he understood fully. I didn't tell you or dad or even Ashley because you believed in all of this so much. I just didn't want to take that away from you. Maybe that's why you never told me about Jonathan's family. You didn't want to take away the faith of a child. That event was one of the last times that I tried to deny how I really felt inside. I wanted to pretend that moment did not change me forever, but it did. After that, I swore I would never allow myself to be drawn into anything that deep anymore. They played off my emotions and my fear and used it against me and then told me that all of their love for me was a lie. My mother lowered her head. She released her grip on the hymn book, allowing it to slide off of her lap onto the floor. The loud thud sound it made was like a judge's galvil. My final verdict on God and his church and his people. She stood and walked towards me. I could see the sadness inside her unable to remain contained. She wrapped her arms around me and pulled me close and started to cry. I could feel her pain and it killed me. I'm sorry, Timothy. We brought you to church as a child to heal our family. We were broken and believed God could heal us all. What you had with Jonathan, it was so important because of, I'm sorry, I just wanted us to be together as a family. I never asked what we needed to be healed from before. I felt it didn't matter. We needed to heal now. And that healing was not going to come from the church. It was Ashley who told me later that my mother stopped going to church. She still believed in God, but that day it was her faith in man that was lost. All she wanted was peace and with everything that had happened. There was serious doubt peace would ever truly be found. I held my mom tightly. The anger within me faded as her sadness and pain washed over me. Mom, 
I promise we will always be a family. Always. Next time. Chapter 13.